Hello and welcome to the Sunny 16 podcast episode. I am reliably informed 209. Um, what a delightful show we've got in store for you this evening. First of all, let me tell you which of this fantastic selection of wonderful co-hosts we have for you this evening. So with me, first of all, is the ever delightful John Whitmore. John, Ooh. how are you? Yeah, you get first billing this time. <laughs> Yeah, I'm all good, thanks, Graham. How are you doing? I'm very well. Gather you've had a busy couple of days. Uh, yes, I have. Yeah, yeah. I've just been um, computer issues and also getting prints online for sale. Ah, of course. Finally, yes. finally. It's always a good idea if you're going to go to the trouble of making a lot of lovely work to perhaps then make it available for people to buy. Yeah. If that is indeed your business, um, it definitely helps. And of course, joining me along with John is the ever wonderful Claire Marie Bailey. Claire, how are you this evening? Good evening. I'm well, thank you. Really looking forward to tonight's guest. <laughs> and what, what have you been up to this week, Claire? Anything fun? Um, I've been giving a lot of thought to the, the groceries challenge. Um, I was uh, talking about that uh, with Rachel. Um, so planning that, really. That's um, that, that reassures me, because you said the same thing last week, so we've now had two weeks of play. But, oh, <laughs> OK, this is I, I like hoping, my planning. <laughs> I was hoping to actually get out and um, do some uh, shooting for it, but we've just had rain, non-stop rain here, so um, I'm just waiting for... Um, the next window of some decent weather. <laughs> yeah. Well, as well as doing all that stuff, you also fantastically organised our super special guest this evening. So, Claire, why don't you introduce the gentleman? Yeah, we've got a, a super special guest this evening, um, all the way from Germany. Um, we have Stefan Mertz, who is um, both a photographer and a curator. Um, Stefan um, is known by his artistic name, um, Herr Mertzi, and he does a lot of work with instant film. And uh, Stefan curates um, Instant Arles and Instant Paris, which I'm sure we'll hear about. Um, Stefan has been doing um, a lot of a lot of new work, a lot of experimental work with with uh, Polaroids, and he's also been doing a lot of work with large format and wet plates um so he has lots to talk about um so i'm really excited to have stefan with us all the way from germany welcome yeah. to the show stefan thanks a lot hello from germany and thanks claire for the uh, very nice introduction and yeah i'm happy to be here um yeah let's have a nice chat <laughs> yeah let's do it <laughs> Um, hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, Claire went through a load. I mean, you clearly got your <laughs> your tendrils into many different aspects. Um, where did you start off with all of this? With, with all of this, I started uh, digital in 2007. Um, but after yeah, two or three years, I bought my first uh, analog camera. Uh, medium format from uh, Kiev, uh, Kiev 88. Mm. And um, yeah, first I, I start uh, shoot digital and analog, and then I I found out that analog is much better. It's, it's a total different kind of, of uh, work. And yeah, and over the time, I started also with uh, instant film. Yeah, and, and then I, I sold my digital stuff and since 2012 I work full analog only on film wet plate or 
in Sundfilm. Yeah. Nice. Were you yeah. um were you a photographer before uh, two thousand and seven? No. No. Into... Photography is it, it starts as a uh, the normal um, party and and holiday pictures. Mm-hmm. Uh, of of course on analog film back in the nineteen eighties. And <clears throat> but this was only for family use and fun. Um, no, I, I started in two, uh, 2007. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And, and can I just ask, Stefan, for you, what was it that made you give up the, the digital and, um, you know, commit yourself to, to analogue? Um, yeah. I, I know what it was for me because it felt, I felt like it was a bit cold digital, but I didn't have much skills. So just what was it for you that... Yes, the, the digital... You you have no limitations when you when you shoot digital. You have mm-hmm. you have your your compact flash card with gigabytes of space. You can you can shoot thousands of photos, mm-hmm. and you you did it. If you have the possibility to do it, you did it. But the results are are not better than uh, when I use a camera with uh, thirty six photos, um, mm. or or yeah. 36 photos is really a lot if I shoot 35 <laughs> millimeters. Um, normally, I shoot medium format uh, in 6 by 7 So this is uh, 10 photos. Yeah. And then the film is empty. And films are really not cheap uh, these days. Uh, so you really think twice what what you shoot. Um, and if, if the photo is worth to take it. So um, I took much less photos in my sessions than with digital, uh, but the results are much better mm. because you, you have to think about it and you don't have the pressure uh, to Photoshop your images and, and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Today, today, I think um, a lot of photographers spend more time in Photoshop than behind the camera. Mm-hmm. And that's not the way I like to do photos. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, I agree with you. Um, I think that one of the gifts, if you like, about working with film is I think it does slow you down. Yes. And I think that like you just said, I think it makes you think about what you're going to shoot. And I think um, that kind of slowing down and that contemplation, um, yeah. I think it's quite a gift. Um, um, so, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For, for example, yesterday, um, Claire, I sent you the, the previews of the wet plate session yesterday. Yes, yes. Um, I had three hours and I took 15 photos, 15 wet plates. And 15 wet plates is really uh, spotty. <laughs> <laughs> because you're really, I was running three hours. I was running around. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like quite a lot. The plates, yeah, but... Um, yeah, three hours, 15 plates. That's not much. But the results are great. I yeah. have nine really good shots out of the 15. So yeah. you have. So if, I was just going to say with instant film, before we get onto, onto your wet plates, what was it that attracted? How did you get into instant photography, Stefan? Yeah, by, by accident. <laughs> a, friend, a friend gave me an instant camera. Uh, she didn't use it anymore, and I said, "Oh, yeah, Polaroid. I, I had a Polaroid uh, Spectra when I was a child." Oh, I love Spectra. And, yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, the camera includes an old film, 
Yeah, and then I took uh, took the the camera to one of my sessions. Um, yeah, and, and took some photos, and I, I loved the the results. Um, the the blurry photos. The film was long time expired, though, so the colors are, are really pale, and uh, also the pictures are really unsharp. <laughs> mm. But but you had a physical picture. Yeah. And, and I I think this is uh, the 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 most important thing with Polaroid: the physical picture, one shot. And it's unique, and no Photoshop. And after a few minutes, you have the finished result in your hand. You you can show it around. You can exhibit this unique photo. Yeah, yeah this is, that's really really cool. And then of the um, the defects you you always get with Polaroid. Um, also with the new ones, mm-hmm. each. Photo- each film pack is, is different. You have color casts, uh, or, or the the chemicals didn't spread even, mm. and this gives a, a, a charm to the photo. Oh, I, I totally agree, and um, I think that for me as well. Sometimes I find that if you don't clean your rollers and stuff, and sometimes the in and the, the chemicals don't yeah. spread, you can get some some some, always, some nice effects. Clean your rollers, always. Yeah, <laughs> but, <laughs> no, but it's definitely magic, isn't it? Having the having the having the image just there, yes. that tangible um, uh, picture in your hands. And I always think Polaroids, they're almost like little portals. I always think in, into other worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've, you've used a lot of, um, use you've, you've sourced, I don't know if you still have a lot of quite rare film, haven't you? Um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, some rare peel apart film uh, and some beautiful film, uh, yes. that you've managed to get hold of. Um, was, yes. was, was that, a ta- <laughs> was that a task accessing some of the film? Yeah, yeah, it's it's a little bit of obsession. <laughs> um, yeah, the film, the film was, it was not cheap back in the days when I bought it, but um, the film was still fresh when I bought it back in two thousand and nine. I bought a lot of Polaroid film because mm-hmm. nobody wants to shoot Polaroid in these days. Um, mm-hmm. They are all into digital, and um, yes, I, I bought a huge film stock. And I have uh, three three fridges full of uh, yeah. film, not only Polaroid, also uh, slide film, a lot, uh, large format films and stuff. Mm. Yeah. And and today I, I will not buy uh, any peel apart um, Polaroid film anymore because mm. what, what you what you get on, on eBay or Craigslist or whatever uh, platform, most of them did not work anymore. The time is, is over, unfortunately. Yeah, and it's yeah. super expensive as well. You're paying an yes. awful lot of money for a, that utter, <laughs> utter disappointment yeah, that you're going to for, get for from dried, using it. For a dried-out film, yeah, that's uh, that's very disappointing. Yeah. Were you an early adopter for the Impossible Film stuff? Um, yeah. I started, yeah, very early with Impossible Film. I think mm. uh, in the first year... Um, because um, I had, I, I bought a lot of Polaroid Type 600 film, the original Polaroid film from 2009. Um, yeah, and then then I saw, uh, discovered uh, this uh, impossible project, and yeah, it, it was nice um, because the guys are really they they believed in in the story of instant film. Yeah, 
Yeah, that was something I, I wanted to support. Uh, the first, the first films. Uh, <laughs> oh, they were really shit. Yeah, that's the word. <laughs> especially, yes. especially the black and white films. Um, yeah. they, they, they destroyed themselves after a week. <laughs> yeah. So unfortunately, no, no images from this area are <laughs> only only on my computer scanned, but the physical images are self destroyed. Um, yeah, but but the color films are are okay. Yeah, mm. yeah, and then I I shot uh, some from the last batch from Polaroid uh, yesterday, and wow. the colors are really amazing. Um, so they made huge improvements. Um, they don't stop with research and development, and yeah, they are on a good way um, with the films. Was, can I, I just, sorry, sorry, because as somebody who's been as you've been into um, the Polaroid stuff from the very beginning and, and that you're interested in the different formats, one of the yeah. um, complaints I sometimes hear levelled at Polaroid now, so I, I hate the way the naming has worked out this, but in the company Polaroid as it is now that took over um, yeah. the impossible thing, is that they um, are not serving, some people don't feel like they are supporting and serving the original the people who were there at the beginning and are maybe not supporting the um, widest range of formats in the way that people hoped they would. I mean, I know when um, Florian Capps first started out, you know, that his mantra was, you know, no format left behind kind of thing. He didn't want it to go. And, yeah. and obviously that's not panning out like that. I mean, what is your general feeling about the direction that Polaroid is going in at the moment? Look, uh, I, I read a lot on I read a lot on Facebook groups about Polaroid and stuff, and people uh, they are really uh, pissed when when Polaroid stops the Spectra film mm. latest. So, um, okay, for an example, as uh, the time Fuji stopped FP100 or FP3000 pill part film, mm. they announced it. And 24 hours later, the whole market was empty. You can't buy this film anymore. No chance. Mm. So with Spectra film, um, I think you still can buy it three months after or half a year after the announcement that, that, Spectra, that Spectra will be uh, stopped. Mm -hmm. So those people who cry loudest are people who buy two films in three months. Yeah. So that's nothing. Yeah. I... When when I buy films, I I buy one hundred, yeah. Especially especially when it was announced that the that the film is stopped. So, a lot of people cry, but nobody bought the film yeah. in real life. Yeah, is that they, why they're stopping making it? Just because yes. the demand isn't there. Yes, and and there are some problems. Um, I have no idea what is the real problem. Some people say the, the film was a problem because uh, the new Polaroid film uh, is a little bit uh, thicker than the old Polaroid film mm -hmm. because of the new uh, chemicals and the new um, yeah the new papers and, and they used to produce the film. Um, other people say uh, the battery is too weak in the film bags and yeah, but Spectra. It, it 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 is a niche product, yeah. So for me, it's better they concentrate on uh, Type six hundred film and S six seventy. So because with with these formats, 
you cover over 90% of the customers. Yeah. No, I think so that's a very it, fair point. It, it, it makes sense. Polaroid is not the big international company with billions of dollars. Uh, I think Polaroid is in reality is really small. Mm. Um, yeah, so from economics, it's it's uh, the right way. Will um, anybody goes to? We'll put a link to your website in our show notes. So if anybody wants to go there, they can see um, a huge amount of examples of your work shot on mm -hmm. um, various instant films, as you said, the Peel Apart and the Six Hundred. Um, uh, worth noting, your work very much not suitable for work. So if you are in yeah. a work environment, in the unlikely event that you're in a work environment, um, yeah, please be aware of that before you click on the link. Um, but <laughs> yeah, a, a stunning range of shots across the different formats. Um, it's clear you you have a real passion for it i guess you'd have to because you uh, you are also now curating um mm. the instant art paris uh yes. which uh, uh, we'll uh, have uh, a link to that it's a lovely picture on the front of that i'm not sure who that who's that person on the poster <laughs> looks vaguely <laughs> familiar but <laughs> <laughs> so uh, i mean claire seeing as your face <laughs> is on the front of that can you mm. tell us what Instant Art Paris is? And then, uh, Stefan, I'd love you to explain how on earth you got involved with all this. Um, well, in Instant, Instant um, Art and Paris, which is the um, shows that um, Stefan curates, is um, was part of the... Um, we were there in the Paris Photo Off and the Arles Festival. Um, and it's um, a collection of... Um, an international collection of um, people who shoot um, with with instant film, and um, it's an, if I if I don't say so myself, it's it's a really um, well put together um, exhibition that Stefan Stefan does. You, you you know everything's very meticulously meticulously done. Um, we um, and I was lucky enough to be invited by um, Stefan to um, first take part in the Paris show, which was in 2018. And I think it was when you were selecting work for Prime Edition magazine, I think, Stefan, mm -hmm. wasn't it? You were you were like curating something from there and I put some work in and I think that's where you maybe see my work. So I was very privileged really to be part of that. And I must say as well that... Um, that there is a website, isn't there, for um, instant art for for the shows? Um, but apart from the diversity of work as well, I think that you curate Stefan. Um, you always you have a knack of of selecting as well. Um, really nice. Art. The, the the artists themselves are always usually lovely people. Yes. Um, so. so um, and people um, will attend, you know, come and attend from all over the world. Um, and it's a really nice event. Um, so maybe, and, and maybe Stefan can, can tell us a bit more. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, it starts uh, back in 2018 in, in Arles, in south of France. And um, yeah, it starts, I, I was asked uh, to organize an, an instant uh, film exhibition. Um, because I, I was very good, well connected at this time, and I, I, I know a lot of people who shoot very good instant film, and um, yeah, it, it started as a normal exhibition, but now uh, the exhibitions are more uh, a family meeting with all these yeah. uh, beautiful people, and um, they are really all uh, one of 
yeah, the, the people are all uh, the same. Um, yeah, they have, they have the same visions and they have the same uh, passion about photography. And it, it works really good. It works really good. Um, yeah, so curator is, uh, yeah, it, it's not really a hard job at these exhibitions because I, I can trust all the people I invite to this, to this exhibition. And um, I, I really don't have a, a lot to curate because, uh, because uh, the people know um, what is good for the show and what is good uh, for themselves to present uh, themselves. Um, yeah, the, the most of the work is to hang all the photos and to frame all the photos. <laughs> yeah, how, so yeah. how are you displaying instant photos in a, an exhibition? Uh, we frame them in, uh, in wooden frames. Mm -hmm. um, this was my, my, my wish um, that people don't bring their own frames because mm. I, I saw really a lot of uh, not so nice framings. Uh, so I decided uh, to send me only the photos, and uh, I, I bought uh, 600 single frames, wooden frames, mm -hmm. um, in 80 by 24 centimeters. So uh, and I cut all the passepartout by myself. So <laughs> you, <laughs> yeah, also a lot That's of work. A lot of work, yeah. Yes. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but you have to do only uh, you have to do it only once because uh, we reuse. Uh, the passepartouts for the next exhibition. Right. Yeah, um, yeah and I think they are very, very well uh, presented. Um, we have different frame sizes. We have 80 by 24 centimeter. That is uh, the normal size. Um, but it depends on on the uh, the size of the uh, photo. Some some guys want uh, to display a series of two or three photos. We can put in in larger frames. Mm -hmm. Or they have really big collage uh, photos, or eight by ten. Of course, yeah. you can put an eight by ten in an eighty by twenty-four centimeter frame. So we have uh, thirty by forty centimeter for eight by ten photos, what fits very well. Um, yeah, and, and this is uh, the 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 hardest uh, work uh, about the exhibition is to to plan. Um, the walls, what photo on which wall, yeah. and how to display uh, in a nice way. Well, the, the artists are trusting you with their work, aren't they? To, to, to do a good job of that and to represent what they've created in a very positive yeah. way. Yeah. Big responsibility. Yeah. Um, the website at the moment uh, is, it, so the information there is from last year's show, um, for the 2019 right. show. Um, and um, I mean, it looks like you had an incredibly diverse uh, range of artists and the art they produced there. Um, it's uh, looking through the list yeah. there and the pictures that people yeah. put in. I'm also very impressed that uh, I see one name was I was looking at the post. But, Nikki Wire. Uh, this is like a definite <laughs> Welsh bias here. Um, yeah. uh, I've got yeah. Nikki Wire um, for the those Welsh of, connection. Uh, yeah, of the of the Manic Street Preachers. Um, I've actually got his book, or I don't know, he maybe mm. has done more than one, but of of um, his book of Polaroids of you know whilst the band was touring and going around together. Um, but yeah, it, it's an incredible collection of people, uh, really showcasing the breadth of work that's being created out there um yeah. on polaroid it's it's really an impressive collection yeah yeah um 
all other exhibitions are uh, open themed, so we don't have one theme. Uh, we want to show the the wide range uh, of, of photography in general. Mm -hmm. So we have everything. We have um, collage work of nature. We have uh, people photography. We have still life. We have uh, self portraits like Claire did, and each photographer is completely different. So we don't mm. have two two times uh, the same yeah and that's and uh, yeah with nikki wire that was really funny <laughs> because um, it was claire's idea <laughs> to, to invite him uh, last, last last year uh, in arles in south of france and yeah yeah she she talked about it and she said ah oh, yeah there is nikki wire from the manic street pictures and he shot a polaroid and maybe we can invite him i said yeah sure if you can make a contact, yeah, yeah, I will try. And it really took only three emails. Um, and then he <laughs> asked, okay, where to send the photos? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so easy. <laughs> it goes to show what you can achieve by asking people. <laughs> the, with uh, the incredible, complex technique of yeah. just asking somebody. Um, yes, yes, it's, it's really easy. It's really yeah. easy. And uh, he did really a, a good job uh, behind yeah. the camera. Very yeah. creative. Yeah, and for his point yeah. of view, it's very nice for him to have his work displayed alongside the work of people who are making amazing art. It's yes, a, yes, an honor and, for and him. yeah, and and as you as you say, uh, the website is uh, the last stand of two thousand and nineteen. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, it's because of Corona. Uh, normally, we had uh, the show in in south of France from the third till eighth of August. Uh, but the whole festival was cancelled because of yeah. Corona. Yeah. Um, so unfortunately, there are no more, no new informations about the next exhibition. At the moment, we hope we can we can do the show in Paris in November. Mm. But yeah, we hope. <laughs> we hope. Let's see if the Corona God is uh, with us or against us. <laughs> the Corona, just, the Corona God. I don't know the sound yeah. of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's not in our hand. That's a problem. We all we all want to do an exhibition in Paris. Uh, yeah, but we we have to see um, how are the restrictions. Uh, it it will not be normal like yeah. last year. Um, yeah. you, you you may have already said that, and I may have missed it. Um, how long has this instant art exhibition been running for? Was this the first year? Has it been running for a while? Uh, no, we we started uh, in. 2018 and this year uh will be the fifth edition yeah okay. the fifth exhibition yeah, yeah. so mm -hmm. several exhibitions but a fairly short run of time because i was going to ask you um if you had seen much change in terms of what people are producing over that time but i guess it's too short a period of time really to see a direction um that people are taking stuff in or, or or are you seeing any new trends developing or new techniques that people are finding uh yes i i, I see a lot of of difference because people uh a lot of people didn't exhibit before and yeah the the possibility to exhibit uh, gives you uh yeah, new. It, it's a kick to be to be uh, more creative and create mm. new stuff for the next exhibition. Mm. And I, I see a big improvement uh, on some of the artists, and they try new stuff and very good stuff. And that 
yeah, they're they're happy uh, to be displayed and to be present uh, in Paris or in Al. And yeah, I think that's very positive. I suppose also when you have a, a big exhibition like this with such a variety of work there, then it gets seen by more people. So people are seeing things and seeing ideas that they would never have thought of. And then they take that home and go, oh, OK, I didn't know mm -hmm. we could do this. I didn't know that. Um, uh, and, you know, it can just um, grow and grow and grow from there as people take on new techniques and new ideas. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, most of the people who... Uh, who come to visit our exhibition, they, they know Polaroid, uh, mm -hmm. of course, because everybody knows Polaroid from from uh, the parents or the childhood or, or something, and most of them owned a camera, um, but they did only the, the typical party shots with the camera, and they, they didn't realize uh, that a Polaroid is something you can create uh, art with. Yeah. yeah? They, they see it as a... Um, yeah, a, a party, a party shot camera, like like Instax today. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that's that's very cool. Um, it does seem to my uh, lay view, and that a lot of people who uh, work with Polaroid tend to be, if not exclusive fairly dedicated to it um obviously and but that's not the case it's not the case for you claire and it's not the case for you either is it stefan you you do shoot um, other formats and do other work yes. in other fields as well um what well I, should, should we talk about the um, wet plate stuff because I, I think that's super cool yeah. <laughs> What what led you to that path? Because that's I mean even John and I haven't got that far yet, and we'll wander down a lot of windy uh, roads. I'm, I'm desperate to try wet plates, so I give am. a quick rundown <laughs> of what's involved. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, wet plate uh, could be really a pain in the ass sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> great, thanks. You yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really hard, but it's it's challenging, and I I love the the challenge challenging stuff and this is why I also start with uh, with the exhibition because it was a new challenge and um, a new horizon and I love the results I saw on, on Flickr or, or Instagram especially from uh, James Wigger maybe you know him from United States yeah. and an amazing artist and he do a lot of uh, wet plate stuff and I, th I saw the photos and I was oh, wow I want to do this okay mm. How can I do this? Hmm, okay, could be a problem <laughs> first. And then, yeah, I, I tried and tried and tried and tried. And then I got the first uh, good results. Yeah, and then um, I, I love the, the slowness of the process. So with, uh, with wet plate, you have, to, you have to coat the glass, is that right? Then you expose it, and then you have to develop it straight away. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, first you have to coat it with a collodion, mm -hmm. with a salted collodion solution, and then you uh, sensitize it in a silver bath, mm -hmm. and then you took the photo, and then you develop it, and then you uh, put it in the fixer solution. Right. So and you then need you... like you need a mini darkroom wherever you're taking the photos, um, or a studio. Uh, yeah, yeah. My my dark room is my my cabin in my garden, mm -hmm. <laughs> so not a real dark room. Uh, no, actually, you, you don't need much space to to work. Um, the the silver bath is a is a light tight tank, 
um, like uh, yeah, it looks like a, a daylight developing tank uh, for. Oh, for, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. I have my red light uh, in, in my cabin, and the door is closed, and the windows are closed, so it's dark enough for forward plates. You don't you don't need a, a absolute super dark room uh, like you have uh, when you handle film. Film is much more uh, sensitive than wet plates are. Which parts of the process do you have to do under safe light? Uh, the developing. Okay. Yeah, you you develop on on site. Yeah. Uh, like something 10 10 till 15 seconds and when the yeah you you see you see the picture developing on the plate and when it's yeah when the development is is, is good you stop the the developing process and yeah then then you can hope <laughs> that you're <laughs> right with your <laughs> with your view because it's not really easy um to see it in the dark room so what draws also, you to it? Because it sounds like, um, I'm not going to lie, we've mentioned this, this phrase in the past, it sounds like a real pain in the ass. Um, what drew you to it? Uh, sorry, again? What, what what made you want to do this? Why why do you want to do this? Uh, it sounds awkward uh, and complicated yeah. and hard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, because the results are amazing. Mm. Yeah, if, because... Uh, the plates are eight by ten. That's eighty by twenty-four centimeter. <clears throat> the board is really huge, and yeah, you get you get a really amazing finished picture plate in your hand. It's and an individual, yes, unique individual, image, isn't it? Yeah, and also it's it's like a little bit like uh, like instant film because it's it's very fast mm. uh, till you have the the finished result in your hand, and. You have also some some defects because it's very hard mm -hmm. to get a real clean plate. That's nearly impossible. And if you get one, you wish you had some imperfections in the picture because these imperfections are also unique. You can't mm. uh, reproduce them. And um, yeah, it looks really nice. And the results are really amazing. The style, the contrasts, and the look and feel of all of the plates is. Yeah, it's it's amazing, and all the work is is worth it. Yeah, <laughs> they do look stunning. Share, um, share, yeah. Claire shared uh, some of oh, your pictures with me, yeah. and, so, and I've yeah. seen some, and they do look absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah, it seems I'm, like it's worth the work. I mean, I'm looking at one now of um, Angelina, who's uh, one of the models that Stefan uses, um, who yeah. I've met, and uh, Angelina's as well a, a lovely person. Um, and it's just the atmosphere, because I think what you were saying, um, I'd love to do wet plates, but to me, it used to feel like I wouldn't know where to start. It felt really um, not accessible. But mm. what attracts me to it is the just what you said there, that kind of the atmosphere, the mood that, that they yeah. create, it, it just so dense with that. And um, I, I, for me, the first time I saw wet plate was, you know, Sally Mann's work, the, um, mm -hmm. the, the photographer. Yeah. Um, but that the, they they are really lovely. The is this the day you made the fifteen, uh, um, Stefan? No, no. The fifteen uh, I made yesterday. Okay. I will share. I will share one with you. Um, yeah, the atm atmosphere is is very very important in general by uh, yeah. photography. Um, but with the wet plates, it's it's uh, different because you can. Um, 
you have much more time to create a photo. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's a, a big difference. Um, a Polaroid is mostly also a point-and-shoot camera. Yeah, you put it in in your face, the camera, you look through the viewfinder. Ah, okay, model looks good. Click, finished. Mm. With uh, with a wet plate, it's uh, it's different because you create the picture before you prepare the plate. Yeah, that's very important yeah. because you have only around 10 minutes uh, from preparation to development. Um, so you talk much more during the shooting. Uh, you place the model in front of your camera. You uh, you explain your idea, what you want to see, how it should look. And if you have a really good model, like I had list yesterday, um, she feels it and mm. and she knows exactly what you want to see and how the picture should look and that's really amazing it's uh yeah you build up a relationship between you and the model and the camera between you and this is uh it's a total different kind of, of work uh, than with a normal 35 millimeter or a normal camera in general Mm. Because you you prepare around 10 minutes and then you prepare the plate and then one second exposure and and also the yeah the exposure in the camera you don't have a shutter um, the shutter is uh, a head I put in front of the lens so it's dark and then I lift the head and put it uh, again in front of the lens after a second or mm -hmm. something sometimes a little bit more or less um yeah and it's I, I i really can't describe the feeling you have when you shoot wet plates is it's, is it difficult yeah. keeping the um energy and the subject engaged when you're doing that because as you said it's it's slow and you've got a lot of time to get the shot ready but there's quite a lot of time when you're having to do stuff as well is it whereas when you're shooting with instant you you can keep that energy moving and keep the keep mm -hmm. super engaged mm -hmm. um how how difficult is it to do that when you're shooting web playing um it's not so difficult because uh, the the energy uh, you see on the wet plate photos is completely different than on instant film for mm. example um i also shot instant film yes uh, yesterday in in a shooting break i have a little a little pool in my garden uh, where she jumps in because it was very hot weather. And then I said, oh, that looks nice. Okay, I took my Polaroid and she was swimming and I took uh, 20, 30 uh, photos in 10 minutes. So so you have a complete uh, uh, other di dynamic uh, in the pictures because uh, with a, with Polaroid you can shoot, 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 shoot. And yeah, you can. The model can move uh, without problems, and the pictures are always sharp. Um, when you prepare a wet plates, uh, the model can't move. <laughs> so, yeah, the, you, you see the dynamic on the photo. Yeah. It, it's different. That's really that's really interesting, Stefan. Because I'm I'm looking at one that you've just shared um, with me, um, mm -hmm. and I'll uh, maybe we can we can um, get it up. Um, and, and your model is sat on a chair and she's um, she's got a nice dress on mm -hmm. and it, it it's just for me it's just the the, the, the mood that that creates it's just mm -hmm. this really still 
still moment that's I just think they're just so dense with mood but I, so how long was she sitting like this for then <laughs> uh, the the one on her knees in the chair yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, no not long we yeah we talk about uh, we, we tried uh, the position before mm-hmm. before I prepared the plate um, yeah and then she had uh, again five minutes break where she can move but um, yeah, the, the position was clear and uh, the camera setup uh, was made uh, before I prepared uh, the plate. Yeah, and then it doesn't look maybe a minute maximum. Do you use polar, do you use like instant photos as test shots in that situation? No, no. You just go straight for the wet plate? Yes. <laughs> yeah, 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 because um, uh, have you ever shot 8x10? Uh, sheet film, yeah. Yeah, sheet film. Okay, so you know this really huge uh, screen you are looking at, and you can you can really good uh, imagine how the uh, how the photo will look like. Yeah. And um, so all all the composition will be done on the on the screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things that I find is you can see in your pictures, and I've certainly seen it in other wet plate pictures as well of people, is that um, Mm -hmm. I think part of the thing that makes the picture stand out is that the look from the models um, or the subjects uh, it tends to be it it tends to have a feeling to it, a sort of a gravity to it, and and I wonder whether Mm -hmm. that's partly because, as you said, they're having to sit there looking and staying still for a second and so there's a certain you 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 feel like their attention is focused it's not a, mm-hmm. a, a fraction of a second you're actually capturing yes. somebody really looking what feels like into you um mm-hmm. and yeah. i think that's one of the things about the, with the wet plate that comes through no matter what kind of work was well, as long as it's people you're taking pictures of mm-hmm. um it's very distinctive of it yeah i think this feeling uh, came from uh, the long exposure time because the, the people must look more, much more natural than on a normal picture because uh, you can't smile for a second and look natural. Mm. That's impossible. <laughs> so that's why people on, on wet plate always look uh, relaxed, um, but you still can see feelings in the photos, especially mm. uh, when they work with their eyes, when they look to the camera. Um, yeah, yeah, especially the, the photo on, on the on the chair mm. yeah she was she was staring at you it was really yeah there's definitely it's i think good <laughs> picking up what graham says it's like an intensity isn't there from, yeah. from like you say from from the wet plate what was it you were saying before stefan about cloud being good for shooting wet plates yes um uh, the the collodion is very it's very high contrast and right. um, so it, it's better to have a low contrast light, so uh, an overcast day is, is perfect for wet plates. Okay. You're perfect um, over in Wales, then, Claire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think uh, UK weather will be fine. Yeah. Well, <laughs> perfect. Um, the the wet plates are only um, sensitive to ultraviolet light, um, and the new the new formulas uh, are not. Um, are very sensitive compared to the one from 1900 or something. So uh, I, th- I think uh, one one second is really fast for wet plate, mm. and and you also have one second uh, when you have an overcast day. Um, 
Yeah. If you have so are, too much, are you buying you chemicals? Much, um, hmm? Sorry. Sorry. Are you buying the chemicals pre-prepared, or do you have to mix them up yourself? Uh, yes, uh, pre-prepared. Okay. I, I try to to mix by myself because uh, it looks cheaper on the first look. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but but it wasn't. It was uh, it was really messy, and the chemicals. Um, are not so easy to get uh, as, as a single chemical. So I bought my stuff in, in Czech Republic. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think also in UK, there is a very good uh, wet plate store. Okay. Yeah, there's one called Wet Plates. I think it's just called Wet Plate yeah. Supplies. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they renamed it with that yeah. name. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's very easy to get the the chemicals. And it's also, it's not so expensive. Um, of course, in the in the beginning, when you have to buy everything, um, you have to spend uh, some money, but um, you can get a lot of plates out of this stuff. Mm. What do you do with them? And like, what's the plan? You've you've taken these pictures. You've got these beautiful one-off eight by ten pictures. Um, mm -hmm. But then, how are you going to? use them display them share them because you, know, you stick them on instagram and suddenly they shrunk down to the size of a postage stamp and you, yeah, you, yeah. you what what's the plan for them going forwards yeah i i was always uh, i prefer exhibitions of course um mm -hmm. because you have to you can't uh, you can't display uh, the real beauty of these plates um with a scan they look much more beautiful in, in real life because what, what you see on this plate is, is pure silver mm -hmm. and silver is shiny and, and you can't catch these shininess uh, with the scan. So I, I hope one day I will uh, exhibit uh, the wet plates in a, in a separate exhibition. Yeah. And yeah, maybe, maybe in Paris. <laughs> we will see. That'd be good. That'd be wonderful. Yeah. What 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 about um your cameras and uh, um stuff and because i know that um when you were talking before about your shooting with instant film you, you're very you were making your own cameras at one point weren't you you'd you'd constructed mm -hmm. your own camera to, to meet your needs are yeah. you getting are you getting creative in that way um with your wet plate work um yeah my my first 8x10 camera was uh, was self made uh, yeah, yeah, it, it works really good. Of, of course, I, I didn't build the lens, but uh, all around, I I made uh, the the ground glass by myself and all the frames and the billows. And yeah, you you can you can use uh, also uh, YouTube uh, for for good things, not only for cat videos. <laughs> you find <laughs> you find instructions for everything to build. Yeah, <laughs> that's really cool, and I love building. And I also uh, made my own Instax Polaroid uh, camera. I I hacked yeah. two, two cameras, and the front is an old Polaroid, and the back is an Instax camera. And yeah, because Instax is sometimes a really nice film. It's it's mm. sharp and good colors, especially the black and white. The new black and white film is very good, mm. with very good contrast. I, I love Instax film, and yeah. like everybody, just want a decent camera to use it on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really a problem with uh, Instax. They only have toy cameras. Would you say, Stefan, that part of the reason, and Claire, I'd also be interested to hear your opinion on this, that part of the reason that Instax has not 
you you don't see it as much in the um, art world in galleries and stuff like that is mm-hmm. because um, they make a consistent high quality film and, yes. and yes. that's not what yes. people yes. are looking for. Yes, that's that's really true. Then, um, yeah, when you shoot with Polaroid, uh, especially with expired Polaroid, you mm-hmm. have a little bit uh, art inside. Yeah, <laughs> only because of the defects the film gave yeah. you, of color, the color casts, and um, so you, you you shoot a, a blue sky, and on the Polaroid it looks green or pink or blue. Yeah, blue of of course. Um, but with an Instax, it's always the same. And also, if the film was for two years in in your car with sixty degree, it doesn't matter. The colors are still match. Yeah. And yeah, that. Uh, Damn you and your competence, uh, Fujifilm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they are too good for art. <laughs> <laughs> what what a damning thing to say. But I have to say, Nicky Wire shot uh, sent me also uh, some of his Instax work, and. Mm-hmm. He's really cool because he took a photo and then he painted on it. Yeah. And okay, there's a, yeah, maybe maybe it will be on display someday. <laughs> yeah. His his work's great, isn't it? I loved his work. Um, it, you know the I think the point that um the old if we rerounded back, I love I miss some of the old Impossible film when mm-hmm. it first started out because. Um, just like you, Stefan, I think I, I actually love the imp- imperfections that the film and the unpredictability of the film sometimes mm. um, that a lot of people didn't like. I really liked that. And, and some of the early stock was quite unstable of the colour. Um, and But you can still, even though it's become more stable, I think you can, you still have the magic. And, you know, I, I mean, I'm a big fan of an SX-70 camera. I think they're beautiful cameras mm, yeah. uh, and the lenses. But... Um, I've, it's interesting because I've never, sh- I've never really used in 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 stacks, and everyone says how much they they love it. John, you're saying you you, you love it, and um, I, I like Aid it for was the saying, reasons. Yeah, that, like I guess it makes it a bit of a naff art medium because mm. it's it's perfect. So like I use it for family photos. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. it's right. It's, it's it's how Polaroid used to exist in the marketplace as like yes. a mass consumer product mm. ultimately. Yeah, and because of that, it has to be perfect. Well, not perfect, but it has to last and it has to give great results. Um, so that's the, this. It's the yin and the yang, isn't it? It's kind of do you, you can't think, have everything. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a devil's advocate mm. position here. Um, do you <laughs> think that impossible? Pro- well, there was this confident. Conf- hmm, can't think of the word. Begins with a C. Imagine one for yourself. Um, the um, Lomography and impossible. Uh, obviously, Lomography was around before, but you know they were certainly ran into each other. Where yeah. you have cameras and film, where the flaws are the thing. And um, whilst there's you know looking at the work on your website and the instant art, you know, there's people making amazing art with this. But mm. there has also been um, a huge, oh god, beyond comprehension amount of work produced where the uh, flaws of the product, whether it's light leaks or emulsions or whatever it might be, yeah. are what is doing the... It's like, oh, well, that's art because of this. Um, and that was not a thing before. That is a thing that really only kicked off in a big way in the mid-2000s um, mm. and, and is still sort of enduring now. 
do you do you think it's maybe been responsible for a lot of crap being put on the internet? I couldn't think of a better way to put that at the end. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Stefan? Yeah. I mean, you you see a lot of this stuff. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, I I know the nomography uh, products. Um, yeah, I think they realized that people don't want to uh, always want to have perfect photos. Uh, they want to shoot with plastic lenses and they want to uh, cross-process uh, their mm. films. So, so Lomography brings uh, the first serial cross-process film on the market uh, with very cool results. Um, yeah, people want to be creative without Photoshop. And I think this is uh, the, the key in general. Also, the, the whole uh, analog revival, a uh, lot of yeah. people want to shoot film again. Because they see, yeah, digital is nice, but yeah, it's it's also kind of boring mm. because mm. Uh, you spend much more time on your computer with your photos uh, instead of going out and take pictures. Mm. Um, yeah. Is yeah. it boring if everybody's shooting the same imperfections though? Mm. So who? <laughs> yeah, uh, no, it's it's because yeah. like the thing the thing is like in early days of Instagram or hipstermatic or whatever it was, you you have a situation where well here's a picture I've taken on my phone, it's a boring picture, mm. but I'll slap a filter on it and now it's yeah. an interesting picture. And in some mm. ways, it feels like it's, that's that happens quite a lot with some of this stuff as well. I mean, yeah. you know, it's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Shoot a Polaroid and it's art. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, all of mine that, are obviously. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, then then I have to to start as a curator, and I have to select because um, I got really a lot of entries for for the exhibitions, um, but I have to say we don't have a public call for entry. Um, this is an invitation only exhibition, mm. because I don't want to um, to curate hundreds of entries, because I, I really know. Most of them will be not uh, not good for the exhibition, and I'm really a nice guy, and I don't want to write ninety percent of the people. Uh, sorry, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you it's, you it's... Need, you need a feeling. Um, mm. Separate uh, a random photo from what could what could be art. Mm. I I think I did it. I did a good job there. Oh. Did I? <laughs> oh, I, I think you're, the, the shows that um, that you've put on, I think they're fantastic. I mean, I know I'm very biased, but they're, they're great. I mean, the, the stand, I think, though, the standard's high and it's, it's like you say, it's so diverse. Yeah. Um, but you've, you've, you've got a real knack as well, like I said, of, of people. Um, all the artists are genuinely really nice people. And people do say, don't they, oh, it's a, um, Stefan, your shows, it's like a family it yes. does feel like a family yeah. and um everyone comes together and you know we all um turn up at the gallery and we man the stands and we're there to, to to speak to people and then we've all got to know each other and we'll we'll shoot with each other and stuff so it's become a really nice um creative family as well mm. when, when mm. we're together in paris or or, or in all mm. um or in no Cologne. i think all in color, yeah, and it's just such a shame. Um, yeah. We're in the in 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 the COVID, but mm. I think going back to what you were just saying there, Graham, um, about um, you know the, the 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 kind of the the hallmarks of of some of the cameras like Holgers, like I love 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 those. Um, sometimes I think it can be what can 
initially grab your attention on. I suppose if you go back to 2000 or whenever it was emerging, was that a bit later, was it? When was the no. the real kind of takeoff? Was uh, yeah, it, it was 2000, 2008 wasn't it? or something like that. Uh, yeah, um, it was earlier it than might that, have all even. seemed felt really quite new um i know for myself um um that grabbed my thought oh i like this kind of look um but then i started look, looking into um for me anyway looking into sort of artists that were using it and then so you know my love of holger led me to you know um nancy rexworth's work and i think suddenly like you say just going out and maybe um shooting i don't know messing around with a friend it's it's not enough and I think you start maybe looking at other artists so like for me I remember seeing do you remember it must have been around 2008 I think I'll take a guess I could be wrong eight or nine and Neil Krug do you know Neil Krug's work um he's the American artist and he was emerging with with um He's, he's a big Polaroid. Well, he doesn't just do Polaroid, but what that's what brought him um, to kind of um, public um, prominence, if you like. He did a whole series of work on Polaroid film and he had um, a couple of books called Pulp um, Pulp Fiction. Pulp and Pulp, Pulp, sorry, is it Pulp Fiction? Both of them called, they're just called Pulp. Um, anyway, his it was his work that, you know, really showed you or showed me because uh, I was new then. Um, or starting off with Polaroid, what what could be done? Um, um, and and did, did someone say before it can be a gateway into then other 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 formats uh, and other mediums? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. I think it, it's it's great for that because as you said, you're you're you can get drawn in by stuff and then it can lead you elsewhere. I, like I said, I think it's just um, yeah. I mean, the, the work that's created with these tools can be amazing um but yeah. i think ultimately yeah. they, they they need to be good photographs fundamentally yeah. and then the flaws have to have to be additive yeah. to color but if Definitely. it's not if it's not um uh, a good photograph in the first place if there's not thought and wit behind it then uh it falls down apart um yeah. i'm we've got limited time so I, I i'm aware of that and i want to before we let you escape um i want to talk a bit about your work and the content of your work because i don't mm -hmm. think we've had I'm, i could be wrong i probably said this before but anyway your work as we mentioned earlier is primarily you're shooting female nudes um yes is is that always been subject matter you've been drawn to is this something that you came to after a while where, where does it fit into your photographic journey yeah um i i start with nude photography because um yeah, I had the chance to do it with my girlfriend at this time, and she wants to start uh, nude modeling. Mm -hmm. um, then we, uh, she had a shooting with another photographer for an uh, American website called Suicide Girls. Uh, it's for alternative playmate style uh, girls. Mm -hmm. And yeah, then we, we go to this uh, photographer, and it was the first time I, I saw a photo shooting. And it was a little bit strange because uh, it it doesn't look like uh, professional, uh, like like I expected this uh, shooting, and also the photos are not what I expected from from a professional photographer for a website. And so, yeah, so I thought to myself, okay, um, you have a, a nice girlfriend, and 
you had a camera before and okay let's go buy a camera and and try it <laughs> yeah and then that's uh, how i start uh, with nude photography because um, uh, the website site uh, bought my photos of her and yeah so i i had a really um, a fast start <laughs> in, in photography so um yeah i had a camera i i no, maybe you had a naked girlfriend. Um, <laughs> yeah, the yeah, right. yeah, right. That uh, is really a benefit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so I started, and, and I love the I love females, of course. And if you have visited my website, uh, I always try to to create uh, in a kind of uh, intimacy uh, in the photos uh, for the viewer. Um, not in intimacy in uh, that you see everything on the photos, but uh, yeah, a feeling when you look at mm. the photos. It, it's not only pinup style. Uh, ah, it's, it's, I can't describe it. You have to see the photos, and then you have your own thoughts about it. Mm. Well, you've got that lovely quote on your website, haven't you? Um, where you say um, about the, the, the nude photography that it's um, a direct path to to an individual's true self. Yes, which I liked. Yes, um, it, it's difficult. I had though, a ghostwriter for this. <laughs> 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 yeah, it was it was written by by Ariel Shelek, one of my best friends. Oh, oh uh, yeah, yeah. Claire, Claire knows him. Yeah, uh, he's also he's a super uh, sensitive guy, and when I ask him, okay. How to describe my word, uh, my work, uh, best? What would you say? And then he sent me this text, <laughs> and yeah, it was great. That's lovely. Yeah, I 100% agree with it. Yeah. 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 I, how new? It's a difficult and divisive thing, isn't it? Because some people have strong reactions to it, both one way or yeah. the other. How do you? Hmm, that's a hard question. How do you try and create work that is appreciated as art as opposed to being appreciated as pictures of attractive women with nice boobs and, ju and just on that <laughs> level? I mean, obviously, because they are attractive women with nice boobs, you know, I'm not going to take that away from them, but I, I get the feeling that that's, you know, you're trying to create work that is more than that, or at least it connects with people on a level that isn't just that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good question. Really good question. Um, my intention is always to create art, but uh, the problem is uh, with art you can't make any money, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, it, it's really true because I spent really, really a lot of money uh, in, in my photographic work uh, to pay the models, to buy films and to buy way too much cameras every time, all the time. And um, so you have to think, uh, yeah, you have to think about the money, of course. And the nice girl with boobs really sell much better than the art, <laughs> art photos. So I always, I always try to, to split. This is where I've been bit. going wrong, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, you're not a nice girl with boobs. <laughs> Your boobs are rubbish, John. <laughs> so so I, I really try uh, to, to split my work a little bit in the art part and the only nice girl part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um how uh, it sounds like the fact that you had a partner that you could take pictures of um and um 
get you know in a very comfortable environment get used to taking pictures and build a portfolio i would imagine that was a big plus for then approaching other people and saying look here's what i've done do you want to work with me i mean have you got any advice for somebody who might be interested in working with nude models but is justifiably terrified of one doing a bad job and two and far more importantly not because it, 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 you're, you're, the the model is such it's such a vulnerable thing. They're putting themselves in a position of complete vulnerability. Um, you know, mm. what advice have you got for people who want to look into this? Uh, for for absolute beginners, I, I would highly recommend uh, to spend the money and and book a really a real professional model because it's it's so much easier with a real professional model uh, than with a with a girl next door uh, or the own girlfriend, because um, especially with the own girlfriend, it, it could be uh, not very easy. Uh, <laughs> there are pitfalls. Especially when she looks a little bit uncomfortable on the photos. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so no, it's really, it's, it's better to, to book a professional model who know how to act in front of a camera. Mm-hmm. Um, because it it saves uh, the beginner really a lot of time, because it's it's not easy. Uh, you met a complete strange girl, uh, you talk for twenty minutes, and then she's nude. This is it. It's, it sounds like heaven, but it, it's really it, it's hard because uh, uh, a nude photo shooting is absolute not erotic or in any kind. Yeah. It, it's like uh, you go uh, to a sauna or something where everybody is nude. So this is uh, kind of normal. It's it's uh, it's a work relationship you have. So erotic is uh, uh, a no go. And also, don't make as a, as a new photographer or don't make her too much compliments about her body, because uh, that is uh, really awkward a little bit. Mm-hmm. When you talk, when you see the girl nude, it, oh nice boobs, oh nice ass. <laughs> no, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Try try to keep calm and concentrate on photos. Explain your ideas, what you want to see, uh, how the picture should look. Um, of course, it's especially for beginners. It's it's really not easy because uh, most of the time they really don't know what they want to create as a photographer, especially when they never shot uh, uh, nudes before. Mm. Um, So as a newbie, try to act professional. Try, yeah, try to get uh, the feeling that she knows that you know what you are doing. Um, And maybe for the beginners, it's, it's also fine um, to visit a workshop, mm. but with a good photographer, not not uh, this kind of workshop where 10 photographers share one model and 10 photographers shoot at the same time and jump around the model. Um, I would recommend uh, a two or three person workshop um, with a good photographer and a good model where the um, where the leading photographer explains something about the light situation, how you can uh, change uh, the the feeling of a photo with the lights or something, and yeah, this is uh, I think that's a good recommendation. No, that's really useful. 
Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and you've got um, so you sometimes you use um a, a lot of different models, Stefan, but you mm -hmm. use um a lot of um models um not just once. So you've got um I've met a couple of them like Angelina and Paulina and um, Nadine, mm -hmm. um, and they've got such a great respect for you, and you've got a great respect. For for them mm. uh, and your professionalism means that they want to work with you again yes. isn't it so see so your approach yeah also also the models like uh they are models because they also want to create uh pictures and they want yes. to create art yeah. and they are really proud when when they see themselves in paris on the wall yeah uh, so it's also for the model a really uh, a highlight mm. to create something a photo it's not only um uh it's it's always um uh the the model is 50 percent of the of the photo and the photographer is 50 percent of the photo mm -hmm. for, uh, of the result uh i know many photographers uh, who think uh they are responsible for 100 percent of the photo but that's definitely not true mm. because the motive of the photo is also uh, responsible for the result. If you have a bad model, you can't take good pictures, or you can't uh, you can't show what you want to show with the photo. So it's it's more of a collaboration with the model. It's a collaboration, yes, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that like, to me that really shows in your images. It's mm. not it, you're not just posing. Mm. Uh, your models and just going right this is what i'm going for this the, the connection between them and the camera or as the viewer as you're looking at them is just phenomenal <laughs> thanks a lot yeah it's, it's really powerful powerful images yeah and then the and uh, to to create this connection uh only for for three or four hours this is a a challenge i really love um about about photography but because when when you took photos uh for about 10 years like like i did or more than 10 years you know uh, you know your cameras you know your equipment you have to think about uh, how to load the film and stuff this is all automatic so you can much more concentrate on how to connect with the model mm. uh, to to create your work mm. Yeah. Given all the things that you said about it being a collaborative thing and the relationship that you have with your model and stuff, does it frustrate you when you share this work to see some fairly um, see the kind of responses that can accompany most nude photography when it's shared? <laughs> Does that frustrate you, or or is it just like, well, you know, <laughs> I'm used to it now at this point? No, I, I don't really, I, I don't really care much about uh, social media comments or who shared my photos or something. Um, I, I live in the in the offline world. Um, yes, of course, I have a website, I have Instagram and stuff, but I really I, I don't care much about it and what people say on Instagram mm -hmm. or think on Instagram. Uh, one quick question before mm -hmm. before because I know I know we're running out of time. Um, why why do you use the uh, nom de plume uh, hair mousy? Uh, what what led to that? So, sorry again, please. Because you, you, your website is Herr Meltzi. Um, Herr Meltzi, yes. Yeah. Why? Why <laughs> that? <laughs> uh, yeah, my my last name is 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 Mertz. M E R Z. Yeah. 
And uh, Merzi, it was it was a nickname from my youth um, in, in Germany. Um, yeah, it, uh, yeah. Nicknames often end with an I, okay. uh, with an E, an I, I is it uh, at the end. Um, and then I had uh, connections to a Swiss Swiss company, and yeah, my my email was uh, Merzi, and they say yeah, hello, Herr Merzi, <laughs> and. They didn't realize that Matsy is only my nickname and Matz is my real name. And so I thought, okay, hey, Matsy, that sounds, that sounds cool. <laughs> well, so I uh, adopted, yeah, it, it's, it's nearly my real name. <laughs> and, and most of my, my old friends uh, know me as Matsy. And yeah, it's fine. <laughs> cool beans. I, I just yeah. just what that that's a good reason. I think we. Yeah. Well, I was going to say we should all have our nicknames as uh, yeah. our um, handles, but then I'm thinking actually no, probably shouldn't. <laughs> not for me. <laughs> Definitely very, not for me. It's a very natural uh, nickname that reflects uh, myself. Yeah. Uh, but uh, also very funny. Some some uh, hair hair means uh, Mister in English mm -hmm. and yeah. uh, yes, some people of the BDSM scene uh, think uh, I'm a little bit dominant <laughs> and, <laughs> but it isn't so it's it's only it's only the the German Mr. Matt <laughs> um. <But> more <laughs> um, Claire you very kindly asked uh, Stefan mm. to join us this evening is there anything that we haven't before we let him escape in the, the dying minutes of this interview is there anything we've forgotten <laughs> to ask Stefan around do you think uh, no, I don't think there's anything to, we've maybe forgotten. Um, but what I would say is um, if anyone um, wants to see more of Stefan's work, he, he, he've got a beautiful book. Um, I've got a copy <laughs> of it, um, Hair, Mertzi, Polaroids. No, it's a really lovely book. Um, there's some great work in there. And um, me, you know, I'm a big fan of the, the 60s, 70s look and there's some beautiful pictures of um, the ones with the cars and, and, yeah. and, and the girl with the mirrors. It's a great book. So I, I would definitely, um, that's worth having a having a look at, I would say. Hermits and Polaroids. That's awesome. Thanks, Claire. Well, thank you so much for joining us this evening, Stefan. Yeah, it's been, I have to thank you. Oh, not at all. It's been a real <laughs> treat getting to talk to you and see the yeah. your work that you're doing. Um where should people be going to like so we'll, we'll put the links in the show but where would you like people to go to see your work to see what you're doing and, and follow your stuff um for portfolio of course uh, my website uh, hermatsy.com um I, I think you will post uh, a link uh, oh will you will yes you we certainly yes. will yes. we okay, certainly will post a link of course um I think the portfolio on, on my website is uh, better than that on Instagram. Mm -hmm. But for contact, Instagram is better. Mm -hmm. But um, of course, on my website, the photos are not censored, like on, on Instagram. And I think I have a, a different style on my website than on Instagram, because mm -hmm. uh, the audience is different. Mm -hmm. on, for my website, it's more the artful stuff. And yeah. on Instagram, it's more the nice girl with boobs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so whether you like your boobs with stars or <laughs> yeah. without stars, with stars uh, or nipples, which do you prefer? Uh, yeah. I've actually, stuff. I've actually got a question. One yeah. question that I've got to ask you, Stefan. Did you ever work with much Time Zero film? Did you ever manage to get hold of Time Zero? No. Okay. I, I, yeah. I never. I owned. I owned uh, three three Time Zero. Yeah. Films, uh, especially I. I I bought them uh, to try the manipulation. 
Yeah. But, uh, I never tried it. And then I gave it to people who really uh, know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I owned three of the films, and but I gave them away without oh. shooting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. But... The results I saw are really amazing of Time Zero, one of yeah. the best films. Yeah. Wish mm. we could get that back. <laughs> Another yeah. lost legacy. Well, <laughs> yeah. uh, Stefan, again, thank you so much. Oh. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you tonight. We will wrap up now. Um, you can get in touch with us at the Sunny 16 podcast at gmail.com. Com. I'm pretty sure that's right. Rachel always corrects me when I get it yeah, wrong, but I can't hear her right. correcting it, so that's actually nice. Um, and you can obviously find the show at sunny16podcast.com or on Twitter or on Instagram, uh, where we are there. Um, uh, so come find us and get in touch with us. Um, we will play you out, as always, with Rachel's Band Roja um, from the album Promises I Should Have Kept, which you can find on Spotify and Bandcamp, not Bandcamp, Amazon uh, and other places, all the best places, anywhere that's good you'll find it there probably um, as long as it's a good music place uh we will be back uh, next week until then thank you very much for listening and goodbye Bye. Good night. goodbye have a good night <laughs>